The Drop Back with Sam Lewis, Matt Burns Peak, and Joe Costanzo. Hi, and welcome to the first ever episode of the Drop Back Podcast, where we cover all things American football for the UK fan base. My name's Sam Lewis, and I'm joined by Matt Burns Peak. How's it going, Salute? And Joe Costanzo. Howdy doodly. <laughs> <laughs> Such a creepy ending. <laughs> so basically, when we were watching American football and listening to broadcasts, generally we find them overly Americanized and not really suited for the UK audience. Mm-hmm. Now there's a growing audience here in the UK and they're usually very informed. But we found the ones that are targeted at the UK, especially in the mainstream media, are often overly simplified. They let us know every time that there's three teams, an offense, a defense, and a special team. And there are 11 players on each Wait, there's team. there's three teams? So if you felt that you were getting a bit frustrated about the sort of content made readily available to you, then this is what you should be listening to. We also have a website where we write articles almost daily. We've got an Instagram, at The Dropback, a Twitter, also at The Dropback, and a Facebook, at The Dropback UK. Okay, so uh, I guess we should explain why we got into the sport and stuff. Why we're here. Why are we here? Why are we speaking about this? Why do we matter? So I'm Joe, as we previously mentioned. Uh, I've been following the sport from 2011, about Mad 11. Got really into Ed Reed and Ray Lewis on the Ravens. Became a Ravens fan. Watched us win the Super Bowl in 2013. Lovely stuff. Absolutely lovely. Um, and I've been playing since the age of about 15, playing running back and fullback for... Um, both the Colchester Gladiators, nice. originally the youth and junior teams there, and then um, on to Loughborough, where I met you guys. So the good thing about playing when I was 15 as well is that I, I had this, you know, I was already five foot eight. Wow. Fully finished puberty, had a beard, everything. <laughs> ran like reasonably quick man. Only Joe would brag about puberty, can we just say? <laughs> puberty was the best time. It was, I was 15, just like, huge absolutely huge <laughs> ran ran crazy fast and then ever since then it's been a disappointment to be honest so yeah I, and then i i met you guys yeah i guess well matt and slew played together in first year and then matt promptly left and i was doing mma for some reason for because he's a, a unit <laughs> <laughs> don't don't fuck with me mate um yeah but then i i played with slew for the for the next two years um so matt what about you yeah, I mean, I didn't have the uh, glittering playing career that you had early doors, Joe. I really started as a complete novice around everything American football-based. Uh, my dad and my older brother were absolutely mad for it. I remember Luke trying to show me how Madden worked on the DS, and I was like, I don't know what's going DS on. DS Madden. Yeah, there are so many works. <laughs> yeah, and there were so many moving bits. <laughs> it was weird. Um, it does but, sound like him to play it on the DS, to be fair. A yeah. very Matt thing, yeah. yeah. I'm a trendsetter. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I really got into it, though. Um, I was lucky enough to be given some spare tickets to go and see the Steelers-Vikings game at Wembley in 2013 with my, my dad and my brother. Um I, I, I entered Wembley knowing absolutely nothing about American football. I didn't know the rules. I didn't know the teams. Uh, I didn't know, you know, anything that was going to happen. Um, and just had my mind comprehensively blown by that game. Oh. It was an absolute worldie of a game. You know, AP, absolute worldie of a game. AP went off for 140 yards. He took, uh, you know, and two touchdowns, one of which was a 60 yarder. I remember just being standing there like, Oh my god, I don't know what's going on, but this looks so cool. Primetime AP was prime, something. Primetime Vikings AP. 
Um, and that game went right down to the wire. It was ended with 19 seconds to go. Emerson Griffin stripping Roethlisberger on the six-yard line to cap the 34-27 win. Uh, it was just incredible. I left Wembley thinking... I still don't really know what I've just seen, <laughs> to be honest, but that was a lot of fun. Um, and since then, just been completely hooked. All the stats, all the games, inherited the family curse of supporting the Dolphins. Um, what about you, Slew? Well, my introduction to the sport was similar to yours, except a lot more lonely. I was watching it at home. It was on the TV. I thought, you know what? Let's give this a go. And you're right. It was a game that's affectionately known as the Miracle at the Meadowlands. Nice. Oh, Hence the my first game you watched. I know, it's pretty lucky, isn't it? Cause if it's it, ridiculous. Imagine if it had been Titans v Rams, I probably wouldn't be a fan. Yeah, nope. like a, a, a stale 6-3. Yeah, so <laughs> heavy halfway snow. through the fourth quarter, three touchdowns down, and the Eagles mount an incredible comeback. I'm like, I don't know what's just happened. This is insane. Should have kicked it out of bounds. I'm now an Eagles fan. <laughs> Should have punted it out of bounds, exactly. Yeah. Why did that guy drop it and then pick it up and then run really far? <laughs> but now he's running really fast. Oh, so, oh he doesn't down really need to be running down the end side. Zone bit. Well, yeah, what, is he allergic to the end zone? Does he What's have to touch on? the ball down? So, exactly. So, I was watching it through that. Didn't never played till I got to uni, like Matt. And then we were introduced through a mutual friend. And we decided, you know what? Let's give this a go. It's something we've both watched, we're both into. Let's let's try and play. So we went down to the trials, found out we'd missed the trials. <laughs> <laughs> so that could have been the end of our journey again there. But we didn't give up. So yeah, so I played at university for three years. And I've been playing for a year in Senior Bowl as well, in the bottom rungs of British football with the Leeds Bobcats. So I feel... That's such a cute name. The Bobcats. <laughs> yeah, so I feel I've got a good appreciation for not only American football as a whole, but also the levels that we have in the UK. Yeah. Like there's a lot of underappreciation for how many games there are in the UK. People just think, oh, it's the international series, I'll see that. And that's, mm. I think, something else that sets us apart from other podcasts mm. in the fact that all three of us have experience not only watching the game, but playing the game, having to break down game tape yeah. and a deeper understanding of the sport. Yeah, so speaking about uh, practice squad heroes, which we all undoubtedly were, uh, <laughs> the, the little bit of football we've got to experience so far into the new season has been the preseason. And um, I want to know, Matt, what do you think about players who have stood out in the preseason so far? Hmm. Well, I'm going to be a little bit biased here. Really? That's oh, shocking. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, it's, it, it's a weird one. But uh, I'm actually going to choose a Miami Dolphins player who I think wow, who really? has uh, looked pretty cool. And it's Preston Williams. If you saw the first preseason game, I mean, he looked like a receiver that's been around the league for a while. He didn't look like an undrafted free agent rookie at all. Um, and trust me when I say this, being a part of a Dolphins offense, especially in the last five years, that's really Sucks. tough, man. We are terrible on offense. I mean, just lousy in a lot of different ways. We have a QB battle of mediocrity who can be slightly less rubbish than each other. Um the O-line has one functional player on it and maybe a half, depending on, on whether Michael Dyer keeps on uh, progressing or not. Um, it's been pretty difficult to be a, a functional part of, an, of a Dolphins offense for a while. And that's why, for me, Preston Williams stood out, didn't look overawed by the occasion and, and made some pretty impressive catches. Would you say Preston Williams over Devontae Parker? No, preseason hero <laughs> yeah. Devontae Parker, that Exactly. Is. Well, you've shot yourself in the foot there, Joe. You've asked me this question way too early. See, it's preseason. This is Devontae Parker's regular season for him. Yeah, this, this is, is this where is he shines. This is for Devontae Parker at this point. So, I mean, like I said, it is, it, this is Devontae Parker's regular season. He absolutely loves preseason and training camp. It's where he 
excels. As soon as it comes to week one, you know he's doing an ankle, you know he's in and out of the lineup for 16 weeks, and you know that we're probably going to sign him on a one-year prove-it deal <laughs> all over again. Yeah, well, he proves it in preseason, so that's why I signed in the deals. Absolute fraud. <laughs> Devontae prove it, Parker. Nice. <laughs> so I've actually been quite impressed by Josh Allen this year in Ooh. preseason. I know, it's surprising. Yeah, so his only two incompletions against the Panthers in the second preseason game was one was a throwaway because there was too much pressure, nothing was open, which is a smart veteran move you want to be yeah. seeing from young quarterbacks. And the second one was a drop that should have gone for a touchdown. So Ooh. if you take that into account, he's going. 11 for 11 for about 100 yards, which is a pretty good showing. Granted, in a game that doesn't mean much, but it's positive signs for Bills fans. Yeah, that sounds pretty darn good. <laughs> <laughs> um, that, that, that's a good stat line, and it's nice to see that he's started to be able to throw the ball more or less where it should be. Um, so I a mean, good point for your quarterback. You want him to go where yeah. he's trying to get it to go. Definitely. Um, but I, I reserve judgment on Josh Allen's improvement until it comes to the regular mm. season because he was just so hit and miss last season. And I loved it. But <laughs> from at times he looked a bit like Cam Newton in a, in a weird, like his mobility and like mm. his just strength and stuff. Like he would just, that time when he hurdled, um, who did Eric he hurdle against? Was it Anthony no, Barr? No, it wasn't. It was Anthony Barr, yeah. Mm. That when he heard all Andrew yeah. Barr, it was just like... There aren't many quarterbacks in the league that have that yeah. athletic quality to be able to change a game in that way. So if he can put it together on the passing side of things, then he could yeah. be a real player. He's definitely got the arm strength anyway. So, mm. yeah. Um, my one yeah. is going to be, I mean, following on from an article I did last week uh, on Christian Wade. Speaking uh, of which, if everyone would check out the articles we've all written on thedropbat.com, it makes feel a lot better about ourselves. Yeah, <laughs> it would make me feel like it, it was worthwhile. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, no. Uh, so basically just like pointing out how, despite his lack of touches of the ball, how explosive he's been. If If you look at his first ever touch, of a football in an NFL game, he went 65 yards for a touchdown in the first preseason game. That was the only touch he had that game. And then the second ever touch he had was in week two, was a 48-yard reception that mm. almost could have gone for a touchdown. Yeah, yeah. Broke three or four tackles in that and looked like a real player. Two really, really explosive plays. The thing for me is what you said about that was his only touch of the game in mm. both instances. Mm, I'm yeah. worried about how much it's a lot to learn if you've not been around football at all to suddenly mm. learn an NFL playbook and know exactly where you need to be. I don't think it's there's any shock that he's been very much drip-fed action. Yeah, and, definitely. I mean, he, he, look, he, he jumps off the screen mm. when you watch him. He's got a lot of athleticism. Athletically, I think he could be a real player. Um, but I worry about whether he'll be able to adjust to everything he needs to know and I think that's ultimately going to be whether he makes it onto the roster or not I think I think yeah in, in some senses it, at the moment what we're seeing is basically just his his athletic sort of talent and um, like I mentioned mm. in the article he's like the third highest try scorer ever in, in um, well British you know, Premiership, in British Premiership mm. rugby so um, I mm. think in, in that sense it's like Obviously, if he gets into the open field, he, he's got the ability to make plays mm -hmm. and he's a very quick yeah. boy. <laughs> Again, is he the thing is, he's 28 years old. It's yeah. how quickly he can yeah. learn the whole sport and then learn mm. a playbook within the sport. So, And if you look at like the other running backs they have, it's, it's a pretty loaded department. So he's yeah. obviously got LaShawn McCoy, Frank Gore. Um, they spent a third round pick on Devin Singletary and mm. uh, TJ Yeldon. But I, I think if you actually look at the... Look at the touches themselves. Then I, th I think he's outperformed mm. TJ Eldon at least. But like, um, for for instance, like he's only had four total touches of the ball: three yeah. rushes, one reception, and he's averaging twenty nine point three yards per touch. So if you put it that way, 
Like, I think maybe his best chance, if we're completely honest, to actually make get stay with the NFL is to, um, you know, using the NFL's the international yeah. um, international pathway program. To yeah, and that's and that's proven to be effective in the path. When you look at players like FF Barda at the Carolina Panthers, yeah, how he's able to make himself a staple in the league by working hard, starting off on a practice squad, sticking to it, and then getting actual game time. Like, yeah. I guess the question is though, it's like if he's twenty eight years old now and the the sort of running the, the upside, shelf yeah. life of, of yeah. a running back by the, in a few years when he grasps an NFL offense, he's going to be thirty. Gonna, he might have missed the window. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. It's a shame because I think um, you know what, like we saw with uh, Jared Hayne with the when they stuck him at punt return and he was a lot of fun to watch for a few weeks. Yeah, I could see them doing a similar thing with with Wade. I, I'm surprised mm, I they don't. haven't, to be honest. Yeah. Like, um, he, he, may have, he may not be effective catching the ball or a bit fumbly when the ball's coming out of the air, something like yeah, that. That's true. That's you think, true. You think of like, mm, it may, yeah, I guess it makes sense in, in rugby or more sort of like going up for the ball. It's, it's but the ball moves place. differently as well yeah, when, it's, when mm. it's coming down from a punt. Um, surprisingly though, someone we all ruled out I think everyone ruled out at the NFL draft. Number six overall pick, Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones. From the New go. York Giants. Wow. Here we go. Instantly, that pick, they traded Ozell Beckham, and everyone was like, what are you doing, Dave Gettleman? This is a waste of time. You've ruined Saquon's career. Something Joe gets very angry about, if you mention. <laughs> yeah, it, it's just watching him fade away, pulling off the... I mean, like... Obviously, we've just looking ten season. years into the future. By the time Saquon is retiring, <laughs> playing one year in the league, but just, Daniel Jones in preseason surprisingly effective. What yeah. do you think? Really impressed, actually. And I, and I mean, touching on what you said just that, I think it was one of the most wholesome moments of preseason was watching Daniel Jones not fail in, <laughs> in, in it because it seemed like everyone was just taking lumps out of him throughout the preseason. You've got to remember, it's not his fault that the Giants decided to <laughs> yeah. spend the number six pick. That's that's. If, if you're him, you're buzzing. Everyone should be happy for him, for this kid, you know? Um, but instead, he gets absolutely lambasted throughout preseason. He's, the, the, the Giants and, and that pick are ridiculed for weeks. Mm. We, um, that's a really horrible environment for, for a rookie player to come into. Yeah. And, I, and I think he dealt with it really well. And it was great to see him make he's, some... He's not like he's looked really poised yeah. back there. He could Impressive have thought, throws, yeah. On, on that note, like we always would see like videos and stuff go out of him at training, throwing pick sixes or whatever. And then to actually see him go into an NFL game, whether or not it's against this first string defense is the, is the question. But, still um, got to make the throws. Yeah, I would say on that note, obviously he is he's not against starters at the moment. Mm. So we can't get like super excited about it and mm. be, you know, 100% that Daniel Jones is, is the guy until until we see him in there with the... <laughs> well, we're going on the Daniel Jones is the guy hype train after maybe... 19 passes yeah that's where we're going all we're going in. all in <laughs> but on that note apparently there does seem to be a bit of friction in the Giants sort of ownership department with head coach Pat Shermer almost saying that he wants to go with Jones for the season opener wow. but mm. saying how it's the management that are sticking with Eli I don't know if it would do Jones any favours to be honest going bit opening the season no, especially if it, maybe no. if they wait the four games until Golden Tate's back Sterling Shepard's fully mm. recovered from his thumb injury Yeah, and then if you get a bit of help from Cody Latimer or Benny Fowler who have both looked decent yeah, consistent yeah. in pre-season after being let go from the Broncos Cody, the, Cody Latimer looks a lot better against the second string defence yeah. than than the first string is is what I mean. So this is mm. this is the other thing. It's like Jones yeah, is when he Jones. when he's getting the rhythm passing going with with Cody Latimer against second stringers. But if if your receiver's not getting open, then 
it's not going to work as much. I just know, think just... there's not a lot of point putting him into a situation that yeah. is too heavily weighted the, the wrong way. I mean, you, mm. like I said, I, I completely agree. Wait a few games till you get some playmakers back. Um, you know, don't throw him in at the deep end, especially with everything he's had to deal with, with on this off-season, everything coming yeah. out of the draft. Just let him the, learn. The crowd could very much swing back against Daniel Jones within a week. Yeah. And, and yeah. especially the crowd's reaction when Eli got benched the first time. Mm. And I think they've moved on since that, since Eli played another full year and they almost accepted that it's towards it's the end of the line for him. Yeah. But I think the Giants, especially the ownership, are a little bit shell-shocked about the public outcry after they got rid of Eli for the first time a couple of years ago. They really... that yeah. it, was, it was quite funny in hindsight to so <laughs> look back and realise they were like, oh God, what have we done? What have we done? That was terrible. We really shouldn't have, have taken him out. I don't, they really didn't expect there to be that much controversy around it. No. Which was hilarious. I mean, what are you expecting when you bench someone for Geno Smith? Yeah, I was going to say. I think that's where the difference lies. If you're benching someone for a first-round rookie because you believe him in... Mm. Hey, he's the star of New York, mate. The star of, what, Geno Smith? Yeah, Geno Smith. I mean, who punched him in the face? One remember. of his own teammates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I knew it was one of his own teammates. Was it defensive lineman? It was something like that because he didn't go to a birthday party or something along those lines. It, <laughs> it, it, was, it, it probably war day, wasn't it? warranting a punch to the face, but yeah, that does happened. sound straight out of draft day. <laughs> that that was a really a weird fantastic film, years. by the way. <laughs> <laughs> but do you remember when Geno Smith was the uh, Jets QB and they were like all in on him? Mm -hmm. That was such a, a strange. Did you time. enjoy that? Yeah, I love that. Well, I'm pretty sure you guys were all in on Ryan Tannehill. We've been that all time. in on a few flops. The Bills, <laughs> at the same time, the Bills were all in on EJ Manuel. It was just a weird yeah. time for. It was a terrible quarterback draft. Mm. Really, that that draft, like no one should have mm. been drafted in the first round. Oh, I guess Gino fell to the second that year. That year but mm. all right, uh, bad. So bad. on a lighter note, something that. We like to do in our spare time is make bets with each other. Now, because we don't really have enough money, we used I to bet no meal money, deals because they're only three pounds from Tesco and it was round the corner from our house. And they're delicious. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Especially if you pick the right one. Awesome. Um, so so last year, I may have lost slightly when I predicted that Josh Allen would be better than Baker Mayfield within five years. That was a may, may, may have whiffed on that one. <laughs> <laughs> but has anyone got anything they want to bring to the table uh, today well, on record? Last year, I, I also lost by... Uh, claiming Alex Collins would be a better running, perform better than Kenyon Drake. That was a well. sweet victory. Yeah. Yeah. And now it looks like neither of them will be a starter this year. Yeah, which is just <laughs> which brings me on to my first sandwich bet, Ooh. which is actually to you, Slew. Oh, are they not open to the table? I didn't realise I was being targeted. No, I'm, I'm coming out firing <laughs> this week, guys. Sandwich. I've got a targeted sandwich bet for Joe. I've got a so you're just going to call me out now if, oh, I don't if I don't take this. Mano or Mano. Right, fantastic. Well, we don't need a structure, do we? Yeah. <laughs> Caution to the wind. Kalen Balage will have more all-purpose yards than oh any Eagles running backs this season. I see what you've done here. Any of them. Yeah, I'll take that. Do I have we to are. name one who is going to be, or can I just... You can have, can I have the field, them, bud. You can have the field. Kalen Balage is going to... It's not going to be the Kenny Drake show this season. It's, it's going to be... You're going to be at least split. There's going to be split Wait. carries in both of them, and I think... I think there's more talent on that Eagles team that can, well, to be honest, we're going to actually sustain drives, so that helps. That's cheap. And we're going to be running out games, so. <laughs> nice. Are you saying all of the Eagles? No, 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 any of the No, okay, he's not going to say. So the, the <laughs> like, top Eagles, ridiculous. what no. I'm stating is the top Eagles rusher or the running back is going to have less all-purpose yards than Caelan Balazs. I reckon the second Eagles rusher will have more than Caelan Balazs. <laughs> I reckon you were absolutely <laughs> Not part wrong. of the bet, but I'm just going to throw in a bit of shit talking there. Nice. Yeah, deal. You're on? 
Get in. Nice. Sam, I can confirm there was, there was a handshake between uh, <laughs> it's official. Sam and Matt right now. Jerry? Oh, hit me. Oh, are you, are you doing... I mean, I'll, I'll, do, do, I'll do my one for your... If you're targeting you know. yours, I feel like you should, you should just whack them yeah, both out this now. One's, <laughs> this one could go pretty wrong for me, to be honest. It's, well, the first one's going to be fine. Yeah. The first one's a short bet. Okay. Um, the, second, <laughs> the second one is that Josh Rosen will throw for more touchdowns than Lamar Jackson. That's Ooh. so stupid. I'm obviously going to take that. Yeah? Yeah, obviously. You're a little well, sprinty bloke. Josh Rosen isn't even going to start most Josh Rosen of the doesn't season. have any legs. He, all he does is throw it. Your well, man just runs around in circles. What's going to happen is that Ron Fitzpatrick might have a few good games to start off, and then Josh Rosen will come in around, like I don't know, week eight. Or Word something. coming out of camp um, and the buzz around, the media buzz around Heads the Dolphins turning. team is that Rosen is most likely to start the season opener. Ooh. That's after intriguing. A, the, the last couple of weeks, apparently, he's, his improvement day to day has progressed massively. Apparently, a lot of the team brass are pretty happy with him, which. I, I'm a bit shocked out. I thought it would be Fitzpatrick to open and then Rosen halfway through when uh, we throw in the towel. But <laughs> Josh Rosen with a full season as a starter. I think if we look at the... I mean, it's hard to judge things. Can I just say, anyway. if Joe's getting on this, I'd like to join Matt's side of the bet because I think that's going to happen as well. Get it. Okay. Right, so I'm taking two sandwich bets. Two sandwich now. bets. If well, you're this, up, is, this is just unfair. But okay. <laughs> this is not fair. I'll do it. I get to determine what's in the sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> it's a whole nother game now fellas <laughs> I really don't He's trust the smirk the that just came over Joe's yeah. face then oh god that's a way better way of doing it actually we what, just you... we make the sandwiches for the other people I, I, I've seen I, I, I'm not going to do that <laughs> obviously you can't put you know I've seen you I've put seen an egg and peanut butter together in a sandwich yeah, we live with you for a year Joe I'm not going anywhere near anything you make hey okay right. <laughs> I was a different I'm a changed man now like Diet is a lot. It mostly consists of fish and rice. And actual so food. That's not really a and sandwich material, though, is it? <laughs> it was a, a scotch oh, eggs. Instead. I do love those fish and rice sandwiches. If you make me a fish and rice sandwich on the back of this, then I'll, I'll accept that. Okay, I think that's All a right. win. All right, so fish and rice sandwich on it. Okay. Can I have a meal deal on it? I don't trust your sandwiches. <laughs> but can I choose what's in the meal deal? Fine. Fish right. and rice, nice. Right, so anyway, I think I should uh, get onto my sandwich bet now. I'm gonna. Can I have a sandwich bet that Joe's going to mention Lamar Jackson? Yes. <laughs> yep. <laughs> perhaps, but you're about to be surprised, mate. So That's such a guilty up. perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> no, I reckon I reckon Slew will love this one. So, um, basically, I'm going to throw this out there to both of you. But um, my sandwich bet. The first one will be uh, David Johnson will have a thousand yards receiving and at least 10 receiving touchdowns. Little caveat on this one, Ooh. 10 receiving touchdowns for a running back would be the highest amount of receiving touchdowns That's a, lot of receiving touchdowns. a, lot of a receiving running back has ever had. Whoa. The, uh, the previous record was Marshall Falk in 2001 with the St. Louis Rams. And that was the greatest show on turf. Greatest show on turf. part of. Mm. The greatest. A thousand mm. yards receiving and 10 receiving touchdowns. Yes. I am very excited for Cliff Kingsbury, the Arizona Cardinals. You're I, so I can't in. even you take the I don't even know if they're going to be any good. I'm just so excited by the potential of it. Mm. And he's such a weapon that could be moved. And they're anywhere. probably yeah, they're probably going to be down quite often as well. So you've got to think they're going to be chasing games. In which case, David Johnson's receiving ability keeps him on the field. Yeah, and also, and we, the fact that he's also <laughs> when we were looking at uh, Texas Tech's. Uh, Russia's rushing stats last season they didn't have a single rusher with over 400 yards and that was their, that was their QB so 1,010 1,000 mm. yards 10 receiving touchdowns basically it's the 10 receiving touchdowns that's, that's the thing 1,000 mm. 1, rushing yards I think he'll do quite, receiving yards receiving yards sorry I think he'll do quite comfortably I think um, 
Yeah, I don't give it. I can't take that bet. I you think can't. I can't take the bet. And it pains me because I'm really excited. You, and you're I, so all in the, on the air raid offense as well. And you're not you're not gonna take you're not gonna bite the bullet in and I think the go. principle of the air raid offense is how much you spread the ball around. If you had and so I don't think they're gonna go through David Johnson the entirety of the time because they they'll attack the open areas, they'll get take what the defense gives them rather than trying to force the ball to certain players or positions. I don't think it's gonna happen. Mm, what about you, Matthew? I just, I'm struggling because I don't know how often they're going to be in, in this sort of position where David Johnson can thrive. And it was kind of exposed in the last preseason yeah. game, wasn't it? I guess. Mm. Um, I think that's a little bit unfair because no one's putting their entire scheme up in the preseason. Yeah, they're going to put the sim- simple parts of it up. You're not going to, oh, this is our entire offense. Let's show everyone in a game that doesn't matter. I th- I think one thing I learned from from that game, I mean, I don't mean to, like I said before, I don't, I don't want to focus everything on just the preseason, but um, one thing I took away from that was that they really need to improve like their discipline. Um, there's mm. just a lot mm. of unnecessary penalties. Absolutely. And, um, it f- basically, the blocking was, was not the best from the O-line, which seems quite crucial to the air raid system. Um Basically, it was Murray using his feet a lot to run around. And yeah, it's a lot of pressure on a on a young QB to to force the ball in there. But mm-hmm. um, on that, I mean, as part of your bet, you're no. you're wanting Kyler Murray to your bank of Kyler Murray to be able to distribute the ball in the red zone pretty effectively. If you're mm-hmm. going to get ten rush ten receiving touchdowns from your from your running back, I'm sticking with the hype for a sandwich's sake. Wait, you're not betting against anyone. No one's taken it. I know. That's what. That's why <laughs> I've raised this bet. I'm sticking with the Kalimari height. Oh, despite yeah. the fact that it's probably never going to happen. Soon. I think I'll have a good season. I would have liked to see some more bottle out of you two, to be honest. Like, You've I given us an unrealistic you, bet. You've been You've given us something that would break records, Joe. Yeah, well, it's like one extra touchdown on a record, on a, on a system that is completely built around basically not running with the with the running back. Yeah, but you look at the St. Louis LA Rams last year and their whole thing they had so many passes and screens to Todd Gurley yeah he only ended up with five rushing touchdowns last year I can't see David Johnson doubling that production it's mm. mm. a good point I'm just trying to look up David Johnson's um can receiving... I can I counter bet you Jay oh I was interested in that oh, if you drop it down to seven seven then I'll I'll I'll, I'll do you for two sandwiches why don't you throw in a thousand rushing yards as well? Whoa, thousand, thousand, five. What about that? Ooh. Fire through the air. I. <sighs> so you can either go with me, one thousand receiving and seven touchdowns, or Slew's giving you a thousand rushing, a thousand receiving, and extra. five touchdowns. Is that is that is that what you're raising uh, it to? We I can just counter bet if we disagree. Then then. Yeah, like, absolutely. You, you, you awesome. gave you you backed into. You don't uh, have to then take this. Mm. We're just saying. Okay, so Matt's offering me just the same bet, but seven. But seven. I'll raise you to eight. Ooh, that's a good one. I'll take that. Eight. I'm not going to. I would if I were you. <laughs> Come on. I didn't expect, Come on, I've got to be honest. I didn't expect this first podcast to be so tense. Yeah, no. Yeah, this is a lot this more is... sort of intense. Yeah, creepy there's, there's a lot atmosphere. of atmosphere. Um, there's a lot of eyes going expected. around this table right now. <laughs> I really want to beat you guys to these pets, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Will you meet me in the middle at what, 900? 7.5. <laughs> <laughs> 900 receiving yards and eight. Shave off those 100 yards, Joe. He had three receiving yards, hey. three receiving touchdowns last year. Okay, 908. 
They tried to reach, but Joe's got stubby little arms and Matt can't straighten his arms. So it was an effective handshake. No, we were told we weren't allowed to handshake anymore. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the whole off season, since the Super Bowl, we've heard about Todd Gurley's arthritic knee, yeah? And oh, how yeah. they've drafted someone in the third round because Todd Gurley's not going to be able to play. I think Todd Gurley doesn't miss a game through injury this year. Wow. Oh, I will take you on that, sir. Yeah, I, I want a piece of this. Excellent. I, I think that you are wrong. You think I'm wrong? You think I he's going to miss a game? I think he's going to miss a, a few games. His knee now, is literally what do we What do we say about week 17 I was if they've already to, got a... I was about to bring you on to that because they'll undoubtedly say that he's got a knock of some sort and mm. they won't... If, they, if they're already in the playoffs, they're not going to risk Todd Gurley week 17. So do we count week 17 I, or do we not count week 17? But I, what if he's legitimately hurt week 17? Okay. If where do you draw the line? If, we if may have to have a neutral impact of that. Are you both taking the bets? I would I would say mm-hmm. in the case that on week 17 they pull him. If they're mm-hmm. pulling him because he's legitimately injured and wouldn't have been able to me, play, yeah. then it's it's okay. Sandwich bet is is our side. But if they're pulling him just to save him and he's like got a little niggly injury because the thing about the running back position as well is like you're basically You'll just playing knocked. injured yeah. How about this? the entire How about season. This? I'm willing to say week 17 if it's a niggly one like that and he could have played, could have not, I'm willing to like null and void the bet. I don't win because technically he didn't play them all. Mm. So if he doesn't play week 17, no one wins the bet unless it's an actual full on wouldn't like play injury. Torn ACL, mm. yeah. Yeah. If, it's, yeah. if it's something he would have been pulled out of for, but if they're just resting him, it's, it's, yeah. it's fine. Cool. Yeah, I'll both in on that. I'm in. Yeah, absolutely. Really, really Let's go, Todd. Up, but, uh, I'm gonna have to draft him in my fantasy league now. If I think that, <laughs> can't wait to beat you. Again. I've I've got another one as well, actually. Since well, uh, well since we all yeah. thought of two each, we all thought of two that. each. But uh, <laughs> Give it Matt decided to be weird about it, so uh, <laughs> I just made it more confrontational. Uh, I'm gonna be the hype train guy again. I'm just gonna be a, a little um, hype train guy, hype boy, like the hype <laughs> choo, wagon, choo choo. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with. Um, the Browns are going to make it to the AFC Championship this year. You're, wow, that is that's a big old that that hype train's been going all off season. Yeah, I know, but I thought I'd. Um, I mean, this is what this segment is for, isn't it? Just like ridiculous things that probably aren't going to happen. So I thought, uh, I, I mean, I'm I could see you it. Look at it. Yeah, I could see it. I mean, like, sorry to be this guy again, relating back to preseason games. But the only time we've seen him. With, so we've got to talk about There's yeah. no issue talking about preseason it's games. It's fine. Uh, but like without OBJ um, in that first pre uh, they sat him in week two, mm. but in, mm-hmm. in week one, they basically ran it like a two minute drill and he, he went five for six for um yeah, five for six for for a touchdown in, on his only drive in, in week one, and that was without Odell Beckham. And I'm just thinking when Odell gets in there who they're obviously resting for the yeah, preseason. I'll take that. There. I think there's enough teams that can be in that. I think the Patriots, Chiefs, Chargers, maybe the Colts. I think they've all got a chance to make that game. And if you're giving me four out of five teams, I'll take that bet. Yeah, I mean, I could have been a, a lot more lenient on this, to be honest, but I've decided to be outrageous. Nice. Um, the thing is, the, the games that I think are going to decide whether the Browns end up there, I reckon is going to be the first four or five games of the season. If they get off to a poor start, and those big personalities in the locker room start turning on each other, mm. then I can see that team plummeting. If oh. they get off to a fast start and they can maintain that and, and they're not... If they get off to a slow start, they're not going to make the AFC Championship game because they won't have a bye. There won't be a home field. Mm. I mean, the, yeah. Regularly, 
it's, it's people with home field, field yeah, teams who get the through to the playoffs. Twelve Ravens who all right, went Joe, in unless on you're the two thousand card and made it to the AFC Championship. But at the same game, time, then actually went on to win the Super Bowl that year. That's, that's really intriguing. Mm. That's an intriguing one. Yeah. Worst year. Just and we all know elite. that that team had a really, elite. really, really elite quarterback. Yeah, we know it. For for, for a small spin. Unquestionably time. not terrible. Hey, if you watched that Broncos game, that, team. that was amazing. <laughs> it was it was watching Peyton Manning methodically tear us apart. Look, five yard dunk, seven yard dunk, ten yard dunk, boom, and then Joe Flacco would just load up a big shot and just <laughs> plonk it all over it. Plonk it, plonk. <laughs> Joe the plonker, Flacco. I saw him take a stanza. The plonker. But... <laughs> um, going so, back to your bet, Joe. I think I will take it. Mm, yeah, I think it was. So that's what five out of six bets taken. No, all of them. Yeah, with all one of them. with a negotiation. With a negotiation. Middle, yeah. All right. Is that not six? Because I've only said one. I just forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> only three division winners will repeat in 2019. Oh, you can have. Well, any, we know the pass out of the question. Wait, you're saying any above or any below? No, no more than three. Not exactly three. That'd be a weird thing to do. <laughs> That'd be odd. <laughs> Only three. Hmm. Three out of eight. Who have you got? Who's your, who's your three that you've got? Out of interest. Just, just Pats. throwing it out there. Well, they're going to do it, Matt. The, the Dolphins going to nip them. Oh, Is that going to happen? Into fourth. Josh Rosen's going to take us to the AFC Championship. Yeah. Josh Rosen's going to take us to the first overall pick. Pats, <laughs> Chiefs, and Saints. Okay. Are those? Are we sticking to those? No, no, no. You're, I'm not you're gonna, allowed to. I'm a, yeah, you're I'm not limiting yourself. You don't like your LA Rams? Yeah. What's wrong with the Rams, eh? I am <laughs> a big fan of the 49ers this year. Mm, wow, I've been hearing. I know. I know. I've been. I've, if you say that five pick thing for Jimmy Garoppolo, <laughs> is that what he's going with, Joe? Oh, Joe's sticking his tongue out like, at me. But... <laughs> looks like he's been turning heads in the opposite direction. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> That's the old, the old classic, you know. <laughs> I mean, you are putting a lot of faith into a quarterback who actually hasn't played in that many games yet. Hey, it's more my faith in Kyle Shanahan. 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 What, what was your stat on Jimmy Garoppolo's like, games per... Oh, yeah. Uh, you, you had some ridiculous... like Jimmy, the mercenary Garoppolo. The mercenary. <laughs> entering his age 27, sixth season in, in the NFL, mm -hmm. has already made $45 million. That is a crazy amount That's a lot of money. more than I've made. He's... Played in 36 games. That's not for each game games. he started. He's made about 4.5 million dollars. Wow. Ooh. He's got about 2.6 million dollars for every touchdown he's thrown, which is 17. Wow. Ooh. And for every pass he's thrown, 125 thousand dollars. Oh, it's just... an expensive man. Love that. Just throwing. Awful. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I'll, I'll say yeah. Just throw in the ball. I just get in the money. <laughs> throw in the ball again. I, I'd be just throwing the ball at my running back's feet on screens every time. Just like well, it doesn't actually work that way. It's not actually in his contract that every time he throws it. Yeah. It's just the way it's this worked the out for how little he's played. It's system. Just, imagine if contracts were made like that. Well, every yeah, time you want hundred grand every pass. time I throw it, mate. <laughs> Airbreak. Yeah, so you I gotta reckon you've got to pay me. If you're playing that sort of premium for a player, it's because he's good. Are you sure? 
Are you sure it's not just because you're QB desperate? <laughs> Maybe a bit of both, but he's shown I mean, some potential when he has been on the field. They made him the highest paid QB ever without uh, really yeah. having played any. He started, what, two games? And then he got injured in his second one? Or no, he might no, started no, no. Three. It was after his, he went 6-0. It was oh, after yeah, the no, yeah. They, they, yeah, of course. Which, of when course. you look at it, makes sense because he was a free agent. You've just taken a crappy mm. team to six wins on the bounce. Was it six and zero? Was it? Was it? Was was it? it yeah, absolutely. I think it was six and zero. He didn't lose a single game. I, th- I um, thought he might have lost one. I'm not sure, but um, he didn't. He definitely didn't lose a game. I'm not entirely sure. Oh, okay, fair enough. But um, the main issue here is he's just coming off a big ACL tear. Yeah, he played in six games. Yeah, uh, that's that's a that can really derail. It. I mean, he's, I know he he doesn't rely on his legs a lot. He's a throwing QB, but he's, he's fairly mobile though. He's yeah, he's, he's yeah but it's quite, not a it's not his whole his game. game. Yeah, no. If Lamar Jackson not. tore his ACL, Joe, I, I, mean, oh, I think God, you'd have to scrunch him up and put him in the start. bin. To be honest, well, every, every, that's basically what happens to RG three, isn't it? Yeah. Every time it's it's ironic that RG three is his backup as well. And yeah. he's also injured at the moment. But uh, <laughs> how's um, he injured? He never gets what. His legs don't work due to his, too many His hits. shoulder is just all kinds of oh, not, shoulder. not working. Just a mangly boy. It's not really, nothing really works on him right. anymore. So either way, before we got sidetracked by how much Shima Garoppolo has been paid for not doing very much, mm-hmm. I still have enough faith in him, and more importantly, Kyle Shanahan, mm. to, to be an absolutely and explosive offense this year. And I think the Rams are going to take a step back. Ooh. Because Ooh. it's natural. Teams take steps back. But mm. you don't think I they will? He's, it's a it's a team that is built to win right now. Yeah, like, and then then did right it. now, but they came pretty close. Mm. Yeah, until the most boring Super Bowl of all time. Until Sean McVay <laughs> coached himself out of a Super Bowl win. The Niners have improved on defense. They've got receivers that are healthy now. That's unlike true. last year. Last year they had no receivers, no QBs. Then their running back went down. And then they only had a tight end, and he still managed to get Kittle open. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But I think that just tells how good a player Kittle is, and also at the same time, you're saying the Niners have improved. So you've defense, got a really but, good tight end, and then you've also got weapons around him now. Have the Niners are the Niners' defense better than the Rams' defense? I don't up think one Nick so. Bosa, to be fair, oh, I that's think that's true. Nick Bosa, who's if he's currently out, injured, isn't he? Or he might have a little niggle. He's he's gonna be fine for the regular season. Yeah, I'm just there, uh, but. You're stirring the pot. Bit, bit concerned the little Bosa boys have got right, some so, injury issues. Right, so is anyone going to take me on the bet? Because I feel we got sidetracked a bit. Um, oh. No more than three repeat champions. That's, I feel that's not like, I don't, I don't actually think that's worth taking, to be honest. I because there'll be less. Do you think there'll yeah. be less than three? Because when you be think less. three is, is almost half of the divisions in football. How many do you think there'll be? I think, I think three is pretty much bang on what it will be. Um, I don't think it will be above. So I I just think there's there's too many options. Like the yeah. Saints could always like lose to Why the, the Panthers or yeah. You got Teddy Two Gloves. No, that's not a place you want to be. No, it's not. Mm, is Teddy it? Two Gloves. <laughs> You're just bitter. They they would rather be a backup than start I mean, for the Miami Dolphins. What person <laughs> in their right mind would not want to start behind that O line? <laughs> All right, so our, our next segment of the uh, the show is called Would You Rather? So basically, uh, we put a fictitious statement out there, an option between two avenues for the uh, the other members to choose from. And um, whoever picks first gets first 
runt of the litter. But then, um, <laughs> <laughs> what runt of the litter? There's runt of the litter. Have you work. never you heard? You wouldn't choose if you if you're getting the runt of the litter. You wouldn't choose it. Hey, it's the last one left. Both of this. my options are the runt of the litter, mate. So <laughs> why don't you pipe down? So <laughs> unbelievable. Right. So you also might recognise this game from any playground you've ever been in. <laughs> it's just a simple game of would you rather. Okay, I'm going to give you two options. Um, you can choose whichever you want, but whoever wants to go first, just just pipe up and you get to choose. So uh, on the caveat that both of these options have to start for the entire year, uh, this is going to be a Josh be a... Rosen or Ryan Fitzpatrick. Josh Rosen. Okay. 100% Josh Rosen. All right, and why? Because, I mean, are we doing it sensibly in terms of, you know, what would be best for the Miami Dolphins going forward? It'd 100% be to see what you can get out of Josh Rosen for a season. If he's crap, dump him off. If he's good, then you've got something to work with. Starting Fitzpatrick for the whole year makes zero sense. He's the journeyman. He's there for a, a season two tops. You've got to see what you get from Rosen. It's got to be Rosen. But what if... Okay, no... So we've. So I'm going with Fitzpatrick then. Yeah, excellent. This is a choice I wanted. <laughs> Convincing. So, Josh Rosen. We've basically seen what he can do. He's not very good. He yeah. takes entire minutes, almost it seems, to release a ball. He'll drop mm. back. He'll scan. He'll keep scanning. He may see something. Now nah, he's going to tuck that ball away, and then he'll try and run, mm. and he can't run. <laughs> and as we've recently seen, Ryan Fitzpatrick is out here trucking people oh God. so when the Dolphins wide receivers inevitably can't get open what's Ryan Fitzpatrick going to do he's going to run he's going to run he's going to run and then he's going to put on some swaggy clothes yeah he's going to pop a shoulder in there exactly it's, it's a well known fa- fact that uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick is a dual threat QB I mean he's pretty good at dual threat <laughs> and he'll pump the ball downfield long he might throw interceptions but he'll also throw touchdowns Josh Rosen just won't do anything okay alright I think I've made a decision um I personally want to choose Ryan Fitzpatrick, but you didn't even mention... I went went with the wrong argument. You really did. I could do it again. No. (laughs) I feel that was a really bad... You you could have mentioned the Fitzmagic or... I don't even think I needed to mention Fitzmagic. It's just the aura's there already. Pulling off, you know, a few 300-yard games, but I I think you kind of shot yourself in the foot with Mm, that one, so I'm going to have to go with Matt, Go with the vanilla option. Yeah, Yeah, the... The little boring, predictable, vanilla. sensible option makes Everyone sense. I mean, you, me you backed Joe Flacco for about five years, so yeah, five years too long. You should have seen that coming. <laughs> you should have never backed him. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> no, I should have backed sure. him exactly to the point where I did uh, back him when he won the Super Bowl, and then I should have um, scooted off that Scoot train. Scooted, <laughs> but uh, yeah, he's still elite. So let's, uh, let's see still what the Broncos. Excellent. All right. Uh, so the Cowboys—they've had a little bit of a nightmare this off season. Zeke's yes. bunged off to Cabo. Don't know what. <laughs> Dak Prescott's demanding $40 million because Dak Prescott is an elite quarterback and deserves $40 million. It's a lot of money for someone that can't throw an accurate pass. And Amari Cooper needs paying as well. Everyone needs paying. These, all three of these players are going to get paid near the top of their positions when all said and done. Apparently, they've all turned down top five deals already. Wow. Amari's turned down a top five deal. They've offered it to all of them. Amari needs to... Chill his beans. Yeah, Amari needs to... I I mean, you need to calm down. You had a nice end of the season, dude, but you're Amari Cooper. So if you've got the money, you're not going to be able to afford Dak as well as Zeke and Cooper. Along with all all of the contracts that the Cowboys have coming up in the next few years, they've got Jalen Smith. Yeah. They've got Byron Jones, who was a revelation last year at corner. So, do you re-sign Dak... 
or do you re-sign Zeke and Amari Cooper? I'm going to go first, and then I'm going to say Zeke and Amari Cooper here. Okay. Uh, <laughs> the reason I'm going to say that is because it's a simple fact that when Zeke isn't in the game, uh, Dak is a lot less effective of a QB. Uh, also, who the hell is he going to throw it to if it isn't Amari Cooper? I mean, he could he could be throwing it to Jason Witten, but we we know how that went last time. At the end of the day, Zeke is a is one of the the best running backs in the league, if not, in some would argue, the best running back in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, He's he, good. Last <laughs> <laughs> He doesn't you're, job. you're waiting on... Keep you've, coming. You've been past some, some sly facts here. That's an allegation yeah. that I don't take lightly, and I would like that <laughs> struck from the record. Okay, okay. <laughs> I strike it from the record. But I, what I'm going to say is, is Zeke is one of those backs. He's, he's a feature back, and he... he uh, generational talent. Yeah, gen- that's what you say. Everyone's a generational talent. Apparently, there's 15 every generation. So, Joe... Okay, so you know he can catch out of the backfield. He can block. He can he can run the ball. Um, Amari Cooper was the best thing they had a receiving target last year. If you take away all of Dak's options, who's Dak going to throw it to? Especially if he's clogging up all the money holes. Holes. All the all the money holes are filled. Wow. So so that's your argument basically is that Zeke and Amari is so good that you can't afford to let them sleep. I, no, my argument is who like if if. Dak's taking a forty million dollar contract. It's a lot of then money. It, who? How are they going to pay to replace Zeke or Amari Cooper? So my counter argument to this is that when you look at the importance of position um, and how easy it is to replace what you would think is a franchise QB or what the Cowboys owners think is a, is a, is a, is a franchise QB, as opposed to how difficult it is to replace a top running back. It's a lot harder to find a QB and it's a lot easier to be able to get wide receivers and running backs on cheap rookie deals that can contribute early um, than it is to completely rebuild again at the quarterback position. I mean, you only have to look at, at Pollard for in, in the most recent preseason game. Great touchdown. Looks really impressive. Mm. Uh I mean, I you can read into it what you, what you will, but Jerry Jones is a big fan. It might be <laughs> because he thinks that, that Pollard is going to save him a few bucks on the, on the Zeke deal. Who even is Zeke? That's the question. What's a Zeke? Um, But I think from a building a franchise to last perspective, you've got to go with, with, if you think you've got a known quantity at quarterback, you've got to stick with it. I would, uh, can I have a a small rebuttal? Or as long as it's small. Ryan Fitzpatrick, so no. Okay. (laughs) No, go for it. Okay, well, uh, my small rebuttal there would be that I I would say that all likelihood is next year you, you could probably find someone as talented, if not more talented than than Dak, but um, it depends where they're going to be picking. If they if if the Cowboys go nine seven eight and eight something like that, you know that's a reasonable probably expectation for that team. If if you're picking that late, I don't think you're going to get a, a, a you know a, a Justin Herbert or anyone like that. I don't think you're going to get a tour. You're not going to be able to get someone at that position in the draft. I think that can straight away come in and run the offense. It depends if Zeke's playing the whole year or not. But yeah, all right. So it was the point you made about how difficult it is to find a starting quarterback in this league. And you look at running backs that have been drafted in the second, third, fourth round, have been able to come in and make a name for themselves, but also been a key fixture in offenses. And then you look at the teams that have won Super Bowls as well. Recent, they haven't necessarily had that star running back, but they've had a committee, they've had a good O-line, and they've had a good quarterback. And you just didn't convince me that Dak was bad enough I think to go with your side of the argument. And and for for the record, 
I think Dak's pretty bad. <laughs> I, I think he's bad as well. I thought he was that. a below average. That's why I said he was a below average QB that you could replace. me into the corner if he'd gone but, that um, one. I think, yeah, I was kind of, I was kind of screwed there. In fact, because uh, you picked uh, the wrong no, option, no matter Joe, what I said, you came there, out swinging no, and whiffing. Yeah, but no, no matter what I said there, that Slew was always going to go with um, the QB option. It was like, oh yeah, you can always replace running backs and wide receivers and everyone else on the team because they're all useless. The quarterback's the only thing Are that you matters. A, That's why Kyler Murray's so good. And a QBist agenda from uh, Slew. Work. I, I would say Slew would put the air raid offense with. Dak Prescott, if he if he could, I wouldn't I wouldn't have Dak Prescott, but Matt argued convinced me to have Dak Prescott. Just we convincing chap. <laughs> All right, <laughs> Matt. Yeah, so my one right. for you guys is a bit of a situation one. Um, you are you know say you are a head coach coming to the league, you have exactly two years to win the franchise that you're coaching a Super Bowl. Two that's your window. Two years. Don't get done. Two years, you're fired. You have the choice of the LA Rams or the Kansas City Chiefs. Ooh. Who do you pick? You can go. The Kansas City Chiefs. Okay. Give it to me. Well, the first point is that in the next year or two, you're going to have to give Jared Goff a contract. So that they're already right up against the salary cap anyway. You're going to struggle to build... The team got close, but they how are you going to afford that extra little bit to get you over the hump? if you're then paying your quarterback tens of millions of dollars a year, well, probably about 30, 30, 40, we're going to reckon Goff's going to get paid. Yeah, it's going to well, be a lot. And, and by the end, by all said and done. Depends how much that, that gets, doesn't it, really? Mm. Todd Gurley's knees as well. Todd Gurley's knees. Yeah. I've not got as much of an issue about that because that's the type of thing, in two years, I think he'll be fine. It's if he gets <clears> in okay. the net contract that I'm worried about. Look at the Chiefs. You look at Patrick Mahomes, who is going to the third year of his rookie deal. They've got a five-year option there. You don't have to pay Patrick Mahomes for another three years. So if you haven't won by then, it doesn't matter. You don't have to deal with the contract. It's out the window. It's so fine. Because you're fired anyway. Exactly. Not your problem. You've got Tyreek Hill, who's an electric piece. You've just signed Miko Hardman, who is Very almost fast. as fast as Tyreek. Great hands and a good route runner. And then if you've got Sammy Watkins as your third receiver... You play, and then you've got Travis Kelsey as well. I think the weapons that Kansas City Chiefs have is just next level, and their quarterback is able to win games on his own more than you can with the LA Rams. Mm. It's a nice offense. What, what, what do you think, Jay? I think um, Slew's just kind of focused on the offense there, and he's not paid any attention mm. to the fact that the Chiefs' defense compared to the Rams' defense right now mm. is is just not even comparable I mean like oh but I'm an excellent defensive drafter so that's not an issue <laughs> <laughs> that's the caveat here <laughs> so uh, like if you look at look at Aaron Donald the defensive MVP last year um, you know defensive player of the year um, you know Eric Weddle coming in from my Eric team Eric Weddle's 57 the, years the Ravens. old no he's only he's a cool 35 and he loves it <laughs> and um, the secondary on the Rams I think is is just leaps and bounds above what the Chiefs have the the ability to rush the passer. It pretty much on every single front, the advantage goes Rams in terms of defense. Then you look at the offense, and Todd Gurley was still an MVP candidate last year. Jared mm -hmm. Goff, it might not be the best QB, but we've we've got you know Sean Mc. Oh, no, I guess we don't have Sean McVay. We've got me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was tend to say look, I've got Andy Reid. Is and I, hey, that's hey, not as good as Andy Reid. I'm Reed. now running Sean McVay's him. system. <laughs> And, no um, I'm sure he'll be your OC if you ask him nicely. And then you can yeah, just sort of... I, I'm sure he will. But, um, you know, 
Brandon Cooks, Cooper Cups are, are good in. Um, and then we've got we've got a pretty good O line as well. So both your corners are free agents after the season. Yeah, but well, you know we got. Well, you were talking about how now. good your def- defense is. Yeah, but right. So now. you have to win it now. Are you? Yeah, but yeah, better but than got, last year than when you years, didn't win it. So we've got two years to do this. So I think we've got more more likely chance of winning it now than you do winning it in the next two years of that defense. We were a personally. penalty away from winning it. You got smacked. Okay. Uh, I I think I am going to lean more towards Joe here <sighs> because I think he did a good job of you know outlining that the Chiefs' defense is not fun. And, uh, Who needs defense when you got Patrick Mahomes? <laughs> yeah, at some point you need again. some defense. We just had Patrick Mahomes on the field, hike the ball to himself and run around. Just, and you're gonna need we're three touchdowns to himself. This week, you don't Patrick. need any other positions on the I field. I did say Mikael Hardman and Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. Oh, Tyreek Hill. Hmm. Well, he'll be on the field. He's a good boy. Yeah, at some point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna go with Joe on this one. Fair enough. Miseration <laughs> sleep. Lovely. Oh, I really didn't think I'd win one, to be honest, lads. <laughs> Try not to be so sad. Yeah, I <laughs> yourself a little bit. Yeah, so on the back of those would you rather questions, we've also got our own sort of segment, which is the same sort of thing, except a bit more focused and a little bit more sort of NFL UK based. So um, obviously in the last few years, there's been a lot of franchise movery. LA team springing up. The Jaguars are frequently rumoured to... Uh, you know, come to come to London. So we've decided to do a sort of hypothetical fantasy world where the UK, yeah, where the UK gets their franchise. Um, so it's going to be a London-based franchise. I'm going to give uh, you two scenarios. Joe and Slew, you are the team's GMs. They're on a bad foot already. It's a yeah. brand new project. They've gone with a controversial 2GM look. I think uh, more controversial is who they've appointed in this 2GM look. Yeah, I don't know how you've managed to get this job. There's think, not a lot on your yeah, CVs to say you're remotely qualified. I'm general and you're manager. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so with this one, general I'm going to be posing you um, big decisions to make for this franchise. Uh, and essentially, I'm going to need... There's going to be two options. They're not necessarily going to be particularly good options, but uh, it's the position that you boring. guys are in. And you're going to have to pick an option and argue most convincingly for it. I'm not after how much sense it makes. I'm after who shows me the most passion and who is all in on their decision. So it's basically Dungeons and Dragons, uh, but instead of rolling a dice, we, we make an argument. Yeah, if you're a massive virgin, yeah. yeah. And it's not dragons. But there's, there's, I, I'm going to spoil it here. There's a very little amount of dragons in this early round. Oh, a lot what? of dungeons. What about the team name? <laughs> the team name, we've just gone with it's Dragons. <laughs> it's the London Monarchs. The reborn. London Dragons. <laughs> no, the no. London Fire Breathers. You're very close to losing your GM, bro. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> yeah, so um, you know, let, 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 let's dive straight in with the first sort of scenario. So um, everything's still very fresh. London Monarchs are, are reborn. Um, you two, the big decision makers, is the only sort of major decision that's happened so far. So there's a few sort of things we need to sort out. Um, the first one I'm going to ask you is sort of more admin based, mm-hmm. but very important. Excellent. The second one is a bit more team orientated. So your first question is, we need to find a division. We need to find a conference and a division for this new team. The NFL, that no one's no one's moved over and jetted over to the, to London. This is a brand new franchise. You'll be stacked into a division. That division will then have five teams. That's just the reality of this bizarre world that we're going to live in. Um, bizarre world. 
The bizarre world. The, the postseason <laughs> picture is still exactly the same. Division winners and two wild cards. So nothing changes there. I'm going to need an answer from each of you as to what division you want to enter into and why. So to make it fair, we're going to flip a coin. We should have been doing this the entire time. <laughs> we should have. Yeah. Um, so, Slew, give me heads or tails? Tails. It is tails. Would you like to answer the first question first or answer the second question first? I'll go first question first. Nice. Okay. Okay. So, Slew, what division do you want our new team to be in and why? I would like the AFC East. Oh. Explain. And watch what you say about the Miami Dolphins. Oh, the beatable. No, but... <laughs> <laughs> so the AFC East, it's the closest geographically. You can fly over. You've got the Bills, the Jets, New England, all positioned in the northeast of the country already. That's pretty sensible. You've got the Miami Dolphins, who are, a bit, who are further south, but the flight isn't as long as it could have been, say, if you're in the NFC East and have to fly all the way to Dallas. This way you can play your home games and your away games like a regular team would. You wouldn't have to worry about playing eight away games in a row because, let's face it, that's going to do absolutely... It's going to kill your morale of the team if you've not got any cheering for eight half weeks. the season in just, a row. That's going to kill you. Continuously. And additionally, you look at Tom Brady and the Patriots, and they've, I know people have been saying it for years, but at some point you've got to, they've got to drop off. And you think there's a window here? I think there's a window. The Miami Dolphins are in rebuild mode. The Jets have pretty much gone all in on Sam Darnold if he doesn't turn to and the answer they're, they're, and Adam Gase who you love Ford <laughs> <laughs> so if that doesn't work out they could be in a similar situation the Bills I do like what they've done this off season but they're not exactly they're not a, an Eagles or a Chiefs or a Rams that are in a position to challenge for the Super Bowl right away I think you could eat like some wins out in inside pardon nothing you just slipped Eagles in there for uh, obviously I can like I can see us winning games in that with a with what's going to start as a lower level squad. We're not going to be okay. a, we're not going to be able to get many players in free agency because they're not going to want to come to London as much. Whoa, London is. Lovely. I know it's great, but just as an American, we have a massive wheel. We do have a big wheel. If there's any Americans listening, come to London. Look at the wheel. You'll it's, honest, it's it's even bigger in person. <laughs> it's a huge wheel. So yeah, the AFC East. Nice. Okay. Cool. Okay. That Joe. was. That was a very sensible answer, Slew. And I'm going to go the complete opposite direction here. And I'm oh, going to pick the NFC it. East. Wow. Because you like uh, there, if there's one division we're ever going to pick in, in NFL that's, you know, got the media headlights all over it with the Cowboys, the Eagles, you know, these massive fan bases with the Giants, what they're going through right now. I think pick the NFC East, put put London in the same picture as all these other teams in, in their big fan bases. Because Straight at the, the end middle. of the day, what happens is... What happens is, right, um, all these all these London fans are, are going to naturally flock towards, as at best, a second team. But, uh, you know, uh, probably in, in most we'll, cases... We'll grow on them. We'll try and grow on them. You know, if, if an NFL franchise came here today, would you you turn up to quite as many games as you could, really? Yeah. Like, reasonably 100%. afford as, as like an actual NFL fan. Mm. So I think I think the actual, the fan base here will be so strong and so, so passionate that... We could tangle with the likes of the Eagles. We could tangle with the likes of Dallas. Straight, Why the hell not? Straight in the deep end. I say, I say screw it. Let's go NFC East. Media headlights on us all the time. I don't care how the distance between, you know, oh, well, uh, now we're on the NFC East because it's more logical for, for traveling over here. No, I want to be in the spotlight. <laughs> I want money. Nice. 
That's what I want. <laughs> and and, and that'll that be the tagline. I want money. I want money. <laughs> you know, the, the Raiders have got just win, baby. Oh. Ours is just... I like money. <laughs> I nice. like not money. put London on the map. No, who, who's I our want, owner, by the way? Is money. <laughs> well, we'll meet the owner at some point in the future when I decide who it is. So we haven't met him yet. No, that's no, Jerry Jones. Could it be Alan Sugar. <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> Boris Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have to give that win to Joe. Yeah, I would, give, I would have given it to I Joe myself. It. I love the passion. You love it. I love just to take London and just smash it right in the middle of that yeah, picture. Yeah, just, just put it in the. Doesn't meat matter how we play. That's that's by the wayside. Oh. Let's just stick us in there. Yeah, you, you can't you can't like you know baby sugarcoat us and be like oh yeah we'll put you on training wheels to start. No, screw it. Let's get Why back. the hell not? And we still got the Giants two times a year. So we, and know. the Redskins. Yeah, mm. and the Redskins with their nice. mangly knees. <laughs> okay, well I think that's a convincing uh, win there. We are straight into the <laughs> NFC East. Okay, um, this next question is going to be quite interesting. Even more so <laughs> now. Um, you need a head coach. A brand new team. You need to establish an identity. Um, you know, you two have obviously got ideas about how you want your team run, but you need to find the right head coach that fits the culture and can really help build this. So, as a result of you sort of springing up from nowhere, there's been a lot of mystery about the London team. A lot of people have got, you know, how successful is it going to be? What's it going to be like completely transitioning over to, to living in the UK? Um, your head coaching hasn't gone well in the scouting department. You've actually only had two applicants mm. for the position. It's not what you want, is it? It's not. The good news is they've both got previous head coaching experience in the NFL oh, and excellent. they've both been around the league for a while. So it always helps, although judging by your face, no, that's not going to be helping. It's not going to be helping. <laughs> but, you know, every cloud, they're not complete newbies. So your two candidates are, and remember, Joe will be picking his answer first and oh. then saying his answer first. Your okay. two candidates are Hugh Jackson okay. and Joe Philbin. Big ouch. A lot of experience in that room, though. There's, yeah, sort of. There's a lot of experience here. And I think in terms of what we need to do from the, from the get-go is, is draft a QB. And let's get a QB spokesman in here. Let's get Hugh Jackson. I wow. say, I say that what he's built now with the Browns, you know, going a few off years. But yeah. look at them now. And if we could be in the same position, we're not saying Hugh Jackson's going to be here for the long term. We're saying Hugh Jackson's going to be here initially. In two years... Don't tell Hugh Jackson that. Hey, if Hugh Jackson gets us to one and, you know... One and 15? Is that, one, is that where we're setting the scene? No, I, I'm... We're <laughs> not going one and 31? No, I was, I was going to go one and 31. If, <laughs> even, if, even hypothetically, we go one and 31 and get a bloody amazing team out of it from some great general manager work by the famous duo then we pick up a great QB and um, let's just sod him off at the end of the day <laughs> sod him off that's your argument where's sod your loyalty off? sir so, uh, also um, yeah I mean he, in his last season he, he didn't even do too terribly uh, five wins ended up so. at the Bengals with the back half, back half the season yeah and he's, he's, role. he's a he's a well versed he's a well experienced he's always sticking around you know, he's, 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 al- he's always somewhere and he's, yeah. a, he's a QB whisperer and that's what we need with a, a young QB that I expect will be in here in a, in a few years. Must be a reason he's uh, lingered around so many NFL teams. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Because yeah, he's loved by Marvin Lewis. Well, <laughs> well, that brings me on to, to you, Slew. Fight for Joe Philbin. I'll fight for Joe Philbin, but I'll also fight against Hugh Jackson. Wow. Look how much Baker Mayfield hates Hugh Jackson. Why would hey. you want your team suffering through two years? Immature. At least... But you just said you wanted someone like Baker Mayfield. 
<laughs> Why would you want your team subjugated to that sort of depressive atmosphere that Hugh Jackson brings? It's his way or it's no way. You just said you want to make a scene. You want to go in there, show who's boss. Hugh Jackson going, oh, yeah, we'll try it. We'll, we'll go with the safe option. Hey, we're going want... for a swim in the Thames at the start of this. Uh, the Thames? The Thames. That's, Thames. How, we, that's how you'd announce him, is that? You, you'd dunk, you'd dunk, dunk him in the Thames. In the Thames. <laughs> nice. So, yeah, not a fan of Hugh Jackson. I'm not a fan of Hugh Jackson. I'm not a fan of the way he puts down his team. I'm not a fan of the way he's unwilling to put himself... How he's not willing to put himself out there for his team, for his franchise, for his city... Mm-hmm. And Joe Philbin will do that. He may not, even when he doesn't think he can win, he kept Aaron Rodgers out there. Didn't matter that he was injured. He was going to win games. Uh, at Miami, he trusted Ryan Tannehill to do. He trusts his players. Yeah. He will do what it takes to win with what he has. He won't settle for losing and he'll push his team to the limits. Well, do. Hmm. Um, I, I think I'm going to go with Joe Philbin on this one. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like the angle that Slew took there. I mean, Joe Philbin famously told Miami's defenders in practice to uh, not go so hard on Ryan Tannehill to try and up his confidence. We need that sort of support. <laughs> Doesn't matter if the QB can actually throw or not. So I well, think he won't be able to. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent not. Um, but yeah, okay, brilliant. So we've established first and foremost we're going to be in the NFC East with Joe yes. Philbin at the helm. Ooh, good winning, stuff, guys. Winning formula already. Yeah, this is this is good stuff. Feeling a big old seven and nine season. I'm feeling. Exactly way less than that. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. All right, so that's everything for today. Thanks, guys. Tune in next time for a continuation on the Joe Philbin-led London Monarchs. The Joe Philbin era, I would like to say. It's starting. It's starting, (laughs) It starts here. And make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Dropback and Facebook at The Dropback UK. We've also got a website, thedropback.com. Articles posted there basically every day. Yeah, most days. I've been Sam. Thanks for listening. I've been Matt. And I've been Joe. Thank you very much. See you next time. Bye. Bye.